4: Hello everybody and welcome back to this uh, very special episode of Every Step Along The Way. Very special because we have had back-to-back wins to start the season. Yes, a very rare occurrence indeed. We'll get more into depth into how rare later on. Um, But yes, joining me, we're going to have Tom. He's going to be joining us later, well, very shortly actually to talk about the West Brom game. Um, because unfortunately me and Mike couldn't go, but Tom was there, so we're going to come in and speak to us about that. But before we get there, Michael Stockley, how are you? Yeah,
5: really good, thank you, mate. It's been a busy day at work. It's been pretty much full on this week, but uh, like you said, a back-to-back wins definitely makes things um, a little bit easier, and I think everyone's on cloud nine at the minute, and I'm I'm very much on the cloud with them. It's
4: very strange, isn't it? It's very unstoke like for the past few years. Actually, Are we sure this is a Stoke City podcast, Dan? <laughs> promising things, and they're actually sort of... I know it's very early doors, don't get me wrong, but they seem to be delivering them as we're going along.
5: Yeah, yeah. They've been, they've, I think, again, we've already spoke about how well they've done in the summer, and um, I think it's just the, the positivity off the pitch has taken it very much onto the pitch, and it looks like Jared Dublin's unearthed an absolute gem and Vidigal. I mean, the guy knows how to finish. Which is what four hundred grand? <laughs> just a laughable. I was joking the other day, Dan. That you know we've spent all these millions on strikers over the years, and I dread to think actually how many millions. But we've we could potentially go and find our first fifteen goal a season striker for four hundred thousand pounds. Like that is just so stoke in it.
4: I'm sure we paid somebody that in wages in a month. Some of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah i like I say, getting into the Carabao Cup first round, played West Bromwich Albion, and we came out 2 1 victors. Uh, so the first goal of the game was actually an own goal. Um, so originally credited to Wesley, uh, but yeah, West Brom goal goalkeeper Phillips, it's hit the post, come back, hit him on the back, and, and just you know, rolled over the line. Uh, West Brom hit back. There a few subs, and West Brom hit straight back. Uh, the uh, Boo Boy, the person who everyone uh, loved to hate after last season's antics uh, with Ben Wilmot, where you remember he also you know, gave him a bit of a pull, and then obviously ended up with Ben breaking his uh, breaking his back. Um, yeah, Thomas Asante, he, he equalised for West Brom, and just 42 seconds later, our own super sub Andre Vidigal, put us back in front, and that's how it ended. So let's get into the review of west brom so then tom as we just said you were at the game last night so welcome to the pod yet again mate um yeah i mean what what did you think I mean, great win we're into round two um six changes full debuts for wesley um chikino sidibi and McNally. Uh, anyone out of them catch your eye Yeah, it was a solid performance, to be fair. I think
6: the main positivity to take from it is the fact that we can make six changes from a team that win 4-1 and then go and give a team like West Brom a game and, you know, come out as winners at the end of it. Um, I'd say, out of the six who came into the team, I'd say the standout ones for me is obviously Sidibe. Uh, I thought Wesley had a cracking game and McNally looked solid at the back. Um, I think McNally's made it really difficult now for people who've seen both Rose and McNally next to Wilmot of who we actually won starting there, in all honesty. Um, I think he's, he's a bit different to McNally. Uh, to Rose, sorry. Um, I think they've, they've both got their own qualities. I think Rose is very much more on the ball player, which McNally can do fine. But one thing I did notice about McNally is his aerial presence was brilliant, in all honesty. He was winning most of the aerial duels um, yes, Adibi. Obviously, 16. It's absolutely crazy to me how you can be 16 and look that comfortable in, you know, the grown men's game. And it's not like they were up against, you know, a league two or a national league side. They were up against West Brom, who, who were a big and strong team, and he did not look out of place at all. He got pushed around a little bit, give it back. You know, he got booked. having another little bit of a strop I think after as well you know he's he's just got the attitude and you know 16 he makes you wonder three years time he's still only going to be 19 and how good he's actually going to be
4: So it Sounds like he could be our very own Jude Bellingham doesn't it? Um, yeah, I, I did say like um sort of stress a bit when I saw he got yellow card in the first half I thought you know, I can just see how this is gonna pan out here. Typical Stoke, you know, he's he's gonna pick up a second yellow and and you know, all the hype around him he's gonna get anyway sent off. Um but yeah, I mean it's a bit of a great maturity and a very great learning curve really for him to to have that yellow card hanging over him, isn't it? Yeah,
6: definitely and you know all compliments go to him because as soon as he got the yellow card he you know he, he watched himself and he showed that maturity to you know be careful and not be rash which he wasn't in the first place to be fair i think if, if i remember rightly i can't picture it 100 percent what happened but i think it was a little bit of a an unfortunate yellow card to receive um but yeah is after he gives me bakaya saka vibes um i'm not saying he's obviously going to get to that level you know he could. Um, but his maturity for his age and, you know, he comes into the team and just fits straight in and, yeah, it's just brilliant. And I think the fans have really taken to him, obviously, with his dad being a bit of a cult hero here. Um, I saw a post earlier saying, you know, Mama wasn't the best player, but he was part of that team, you know, they got us to the Premier League and I think the same's happening here with Sol, but Sol's got the quality at 16 He's, I think he's going to be massive and he's going to go one of two ways. He's going to become, you know, our main player or he's going to go for a massive fee. Um, but yeah, definitely impressive. And even Alex Neil said himself, if anybody knows him, you wouldn't be in there, you know, just because he's a kid and, you know, he wants to get the fans on board or anything like that. He is there because he's played well and he's earned his merit and
4: that's why he's in the team. I mean, you mentioned uh, Wesley before as well. Obviously, having his uh, sort of full debut, he said how well he played. I mean, obviously, he's a massive unit. I so mean, what what kind of player? You know, what what kind of performance did he put in? You know, is it was he a big, strong hold-up player, or or you know, was he sort of playing on the turn? He you was know, he back to goal or facing goal?
6: Yeah, so like you say, he's he's absolutely massive. Um, I think he surprised me with how he did play, to be fair. I thought he was going to be one of them, you know, back to goal, receive it to feet, uh, which he did do, and he did do really well. But what surprised me the most about him is his, his energy. He ran the whole time he was on that pitch. He was closing down. He was talking to um, Chiquinho and my either side of him. He was telling them to get forward, press more, and... Um, He's really good with his feet in all fairness to him. And I think he intercepted the ball like two or three times when West Brom was trying to pass out from the back. Um, yeah, he's he just impressed me. I think, you know, with all the stigma around him, with the £22 million fee that Villa signed him for, you know, he had the horrible injury and his goal scoring record isn't that great. But when Alex Neal spoke about needing that target man and then watching him yesterday. He, he looks like exactly what Alex Neal was describing, exactly what he wanted, and he worked. Um, he was receiving it to feet, you know, hitting the turn, uh, bringing other players into play. His strength was ridiculous. Um, I can't remember who the West Ham centre-back was, who was marking him, but he's, he was a big lad, and he was just halting him off. He's you're not getting this ball. This ball's mine. Um, yeah, very impressed. Uh, first game, first start, he looks really good.
4: Did you say as well that sort of, obviously, moving Ryan May out to the wings, sort or of maybe he put a more influential performance, shall we say, than he did at the weekend? Yeah, I'd say he saw more of
6: the ball. I think I think he's the one player at the minute you're kind of looking at and you can see the qualities there. Um, I think it's just giving him a bit of the time to adapt. Um, some of his footwork's brilliant. He's um, just I think he's more reading the game at the minute. I think he needs to get you saw all the other players are playing. Um, I think he started on the left, and he looked all right. Um, I think when he went out to the right-hand side, he looked a lot more comfortable over there. Um, but, yeah, I think he was this... I can't remember what minute he came off, but I think second half again, similar to the Rotherham game, he kind of went quiet. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely got the quality. You can see it's there. I think
4: he just needs to settle in a bit. I suppose, like, you yeah, know, looking further back uh, in the midfield and the defence... It was the uh, first real sight of Jordan Thompson in about those few minutes, and actually the first sight at all of Josh Tymon, uh, two players who have been here a while now, and you know possibly could be looking over the shoulders for the futures at Stoke. I mean, I think you said that Jordan Thompson quite impressed you, which maybe was a surprise to you. Um, But yeah, I mean, did, did the two of them how did they look? yeah i think both of them look solid to be fair i don't think they
6: did anything spectacular but you know they, they did give some good solid performances i think timon was really good in all honesty obviously we know what he's like game forward he's he's brilliant at it the question mark's always been around his defense um i think there was one or two occasions where you know he makes that charge forward and he kind of falls asleep and doesn't get back in time um but in all fairness i think the tactics that we're playing at the minute that's always covered because we have got attacking full backs um but yeah i was impressed with time and he, he looked pretty good um and then with jordan thompson i think i said before the game it, this is his chance now to you know put a stamp on alex neil and say you know i am good enough to be in this team even if it's backup because you know the fans are questioning whether he's even up to that challenge but credit where it's due he did play well uh, again it wasn't anything spectacular but he did the basics right and one thing i've always not hated but disliked about how he plays is the passing back when he's got options forward um i get it's safe you know it's better than giving the ball away um but when you've got other midfielders you know we were finding these passes and then he gets back to thompson and all of a sudden we're back to the center back to the goalkeeper um, it is frustrating, but yesterday, he, you know, he had his head up, he was looking forward, um, and there was a few people around me, to be fair, every time he passed it forward, we, you know, we got more and more excited. <laughs> um, but if he if he played like that every game, I would have no issue at all with him being back up, um, and this is why I'm so up and down about him, because, you know, he'll start to aggravate fans, and then he'll put in a performance like that, and you're like... Just, you know, make make your mind up kind of thing. Um, But, yeah, Thompson, I've been, yeah, I've kind of been on the get him out buzz. But after yesterday, he's got me back again. Um, So, yeah, I'm up and down with Thompson at the minute.
4: Yeah, it's interesting for Jordan, really, because I think, like, you know, I'd back up to Ben Pearson. He could end up with quite a few games this season, suspensions, maybe the odd knock injury. But... I don't think he's got it in him at his best to to, to get anywhere near displacing him permanently, do you know what I mean? So, I think Ben Pierce is always going to be in front of him uh, this season, at least in the pecking order. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting just, you know, is Jordan Thompson happy with that? I suppose we'll have to wait and see. Um, I mean, subs-wise, I mean, obviously, we we, we brought a couple on and, and, you know, the game sort of let up. I mean, we worried about Wesley earlier on, his goal, sorry, his performance... Now his goal was a lovely goal. Hoover's played into him Anthony, and he's held the defender off great bit of strength, spun him, bit of luck, the keeper at the at the post at the keeper on the back and gone in. Um I think that'll do in the world of good. But like I say, then further on into the match we've we've made a few subs and straight away West Brom have equalised. And I mean what what did you think at that point?
6: Yeah, to to be honest with you, it was it was a feeling I've not felt in a long time. As soon as they scored, I turned to my mate and i looked at him you know you have that worry worry look at each other like oh here we go um but inside i thought to myself I was like we're going to score again um which i haven't felt that confident in a team in a long time um i think if you look at the subs as a whole one point I did want to make was as soon as we had the midfield three of pearson Laurent, and johnson the game just changed um, I think, you know, we did create some attacks, um, but it wasn't as creative or as attacking than it was against Rotherham. But as soon as their middle three were together again, it just... I mean, DJ, I, I still can't wrap my head around the comments made by the Preston fans. I mean, maybe, you know, it's, it's just because it's beginner's luck and, you know, he might have the off game here and there, but he came on and just changed the game. Um them three complement each other so so well Um, and then obviously you know Vidigal on the score sheet again he just looked lively he come on and you can just you can just tell straight away he's pumped for it and you knew as soon as a opportunity was going to lay itself he was going to score um i think he received the ball a few times on that left hand side and every time you know he's taking the player on he's got his head up he's getting the ball in the box and one thing I did notice is it him and Gale were actually linking up really well. I think it was only two occasions. But uh, Vidigal's cut in, give a little pass to Gale. Gale's laid it off and then Vidigal, you know, was coming into the centre of the box. And, yeah, I think Gael looked sharp as well when he came on, even though he's just come from an injury. I mean, I think he nearly scored himself, um, scuffed the shot a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think them four now, for me, are cemented in this team, which is Pearson, and Lorraine. Johnson and Vidigal they just as soon as them four running at him it's just yeah you just know what's coming it's they just look dangerous every single time
4: so sticking with Gale do you think did he do enough there for you to say he still has a future at
6: Stoke for me I'm still unsure to be honest I think you know we're still getting rumored with strikers um I know Brown is you know pretty much on his way out now uh, but Brown was, you know, he was used more of a, as a wide player under Alex Neal. Um, I think if we get another striker in, we could see Gale leave. Um, but yesterday, he, uh, it's the same again. You know, he didn't do anything spectacular, but he just looked good, you know, doing the basics, which is all we've been crying out for for years. Um, he's chasing the ball down. Obviously, we know he's got the energy. Uh, he had that one chance, which he scuffed a little bit. Um, And then obviously, you know, when he pressed down the West Brom player and dispossessed him and then that pass through to Vidigal was a lovely pass. Um, So I think he might give Alex Neal something to think about now. Um, But, you know, we've, we've seen it over the years. We know he can finish. And it's making me question now whether now he's got this team around him, he's got his creativity. Could he start banging in the goals?
4: I suppose at the very least... Um, he's put himself in the shot window, Antony, with that performance, and showed uh, potential suitors that he has still got it, I suppose. And yeah, um that might be good for him, and might be good for us. And you know, moving him on if uh, Alex Neal doesn't see uh, any future for him, or maybe you know, has got a replacement in mind that he wants to bring in um, with with potential outgoings. I think. Was it DiMaggio, Wright-Phillips and Lewis Macquarie didn't make the bench? And obviously didn't make the bench on Saturday either. Conspicuous by their absence? Is this the end of their stoke journey, maybe? Yeah, I can see them both going out on loan. I think Macquarie will
6: go out on loan. Um, I'm not sure about Wright-Phillips. There could be a chance with him leaving on a permanent, obviously with Taylor doing so as well. Um, I think... One thing that was clear yesterday is anybody wasn't involved yesterday and wasn't involved in Rotherham isn't in his plans because he had Bonham and Fielding on the bench. So if you've got two keepers on the bench over one keeper and another outfield player, that's a pretty clear sign, you know, that they're not really in the plans. They could be, you know, have a little niggle or maybe they've got a an under 23 match coming up or something. Um, but it was weird that, yeah... Having two keepers on the bench, you kind of it's kind of a sign, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I think a pulled up, didn't he, in the warm up? Um, cause it was, yeah, I think he was initially named on the bench, but like you say, if they've chosen not to replace him with another youngster or whatever, then yeah, they definitely uh, don't seem to be in the manager's plans at all. Um, so I suppose, you know, look, looking back and looking at the, recapping this whole sort of 90 minutes in the win. You've said McNally is sort of pushing Rose for that start, is that fair to say? And anyone else giving the manager a major headache, would you say, from this game?
6: Yeah, I think the 11 that started against Rotherham, obviously, it's likely Brown won't be there now. You'll probably see Chiquinho coming in on the right. Um, I'd say that 11 for me is pretty set in stone. Um, Unless, obviously, he wants to go with Wise up top if he wants that aerial presence rather than, um, you know, Mayu with his link-up play. Um, I'd say he's the only person who is giving him a headache as McNally. Nothing Rose has done wrong. I've been really impressed with Rose, in all honesty. I think he's looked absolutely solid. Um, but McNally looked as solid. So, I think Wilmox cemented that place. I think the, the two performances he's putting so far, I think I said on the WhatsApp yesterday, He's just looked heaps and bounds of the player he has been. And I think that's due to having a keeper behind him he trusts and, you know, a partner next to him who, you know, can do some of the nitty-gritty so he can focus on his own game. Um, But, yeah, between, for me, McNally and Rose, I'm really tied, in all honesty. I wouldn't be disappointed to see either not start um, because I think they're both as good as each other so far, to be honest. I think McNally just is a bit better in the air. Um, but yeah, no fault to Rose whatsoever. But I think Alex Neal's got a tough decision to make now. I think the only thing that's gonna keep Rose in that team is the fact that he is our player and McNally is on loan, but then you have to think, is there a, a clause in the loan from Burnley that McNally has to start so many games so We'll see what happens there. But Minali, yeah, really giving Alex Neal a headache now. Would you say it's
4: still definitely Wilmot plus one?
6: For me, yeah, hundred percent. Um I think Wilmot with them diagonal balls he was making against Rotherham, you know, it caused so many issues for that for that Rotherham defence. Um it didn't didn't do as many against West Brom to be fair, but West Brom were playing slightly different. Um, And obviously, they are a better side, Um, no no, disrespect to Rotherham, obviously. Um, But yeah, Wilmot's just, I think he's cemented that position now, it is going to be Wilmot plus one. Um, But one positive thing is if Wilmot ever, you know, gets suspended or he's injured, I am not frightened of having Rose McNally as the back two, in all honesty. They played together before as well, which is even better. Um, I know one of them was where we obviously thumped them four 0 but (laughs) we'll forget about that for now. Um, Yeah, I'd say Will Morton (laughs) won.
4: Yeah, to be honest, I think they both might have played in that game. You know, Um, I think. Well, one last thing. I mean, we're just going to get into the man of the match and just how you feel on that. But uh, before that, the attendance was actually the third highest attendance uh, of the night in the cup. So I don't think that's bad going at all. You know, I'm, I'm actually quite impressed. It's 10,583. So only Sheffield's Wednesday, who got 300 more, and Sunderland, who got 180 more, um, were actually bigger attendances. And they you know two massive clubs with two massive grounds. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 10,500. At the end of last season, I thought we were looking at that for league fixtures, let alone first round of the Carabao Cup.
6: <laughs> yeah, to be honest, when, obviously, I had a quick look at the uh, seating plan on the ticket, the website, and I thought you know it's going to be a quiet game. Um, but if you were listening, and you didn't see the fans, you would not believe there was only ten and a half thousand in that stadium. The atmosphere was electric. It was exactly the same as what it was like against Rotherham. Um, I think you can see that the fans are believing, and they are really trusting this team, and they've got that spirit back, and. You know, even that, they played that video again before the game as well, which obviously got everybody going. I think everything the club's doing in the minutes is just, it's getting us onside, whether that's on the pitch or off the pitch. Even at the end of the game, you know, they played the song, so everybody was singing the Salsa DB song. You know, I saw people bouncing arms in the air. I think most of the stadium were doing it, to be fair, and I was one of them. You know, (laughs) I've not seen Stokes Ground have people jumping and singing, Um, I can't even remember if it's ever happened to be honest with you it was yeah it was incredible great atmosphere Um, yeah just that on top of what happened at Rotherham I just hope we can carry on this weekend you know if we can't get the win everybody just needs to you know keep calm It's, it's a long project but it's obviously going in the right direction because we're already seeing things that at the end of last season we could only even dream about seeing
4: yeah for sure mate to be honest I mean you know, the, the fact of uh, of the positivity and just the smiles you see in the stands uh, the weekend and, and the, the ones you're reporting on from from this game in the cup as well it's just so great to see you know, it's so encouraging I you know it, it, it's, it's good times to be a stoke fan again um you mentioned Solsadibi be there you know and the the no, 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 no! Sol Cervi, Cervi song. Well, um, you'd be pleased to know he got man of the match in our poll. So yeah, he got uh, near enough half of the votes. So I think it ended up just under 50%. Uh, Andre Vidigal was was quite way behind, but he was in second. Um, and then third place was quite tightly fought uh, between McNally, who ended up just missing out. And as you can probably guess I am trying uh, I am just stalling Oh yes Josh Loren. <laughs> so yeah sorry about that uh, Josh Loren ended up in third and just edging out McNally who came fourth um, would you say that was fair mate I know uh, I know Vidigal could have had a could have had a brace. couldn't he, if Loren had uh, just played that ball into his path in injury time but, but other than that did Josh have a good game no, we haven't really mentioned him
6: yeah Josh looks absolutely solid um I'd love to see a heat map of where he covered because honestly he was everywhere um i think Alex Neil actually mentioned it after the game as well that he was dying to bring him off he was just he didn't stop from the first minute until the final whistle he did not stop running at all and one thing i wanted to point out obviously with him being the new captain his leadership As i was watching him with a purpose to see how he was commanding his players he isn't one of them you know who's you know, getting on at people and you know giving people a rollicking, which I'm sure we will do. But his motivation that he gives the players, I think I think Hoover made a good a good pass um, down to Chiquinho, ends up going out for a corner. Straight away, Loren is turning around. He's pointing at Hoover and he is applauding the hell out of him, as if to say, "What a pass! Keep that going." Um, at the end of the game as well, I think there was a kid in the front row with a sign for Wilmot. Um, Loren's gone running over to Wilmot, he's pointed at the kid. He said, go to that kid, go speak to him. And that is a proper captain and that is that is a stoke captain. Um, yeah, it, on and off the pitch. I'm loving the fact he's the captain now. He's Yeah, he's just Josh Loren. He's brilliant.
4: Yeah, I think it's obvious. You know, you're clear to see just what a top bloke Josh is, and so I think if we can marry that, you know, that that competitiveness in him, and and you know the the, um, the just just the like I said, the top bloke that he is, to be honest. Um, you yeah, know, and the, like I say, the nice guy and the thoughtfulness, and like I say, sending him over to the fans. I think he's got everything to be a perfect captain of a modern football club. You know, it's much more just not just about winning on the pitch now and performing. It's that all round stuff. It's, you know, the stuff you do off the field. I think for me, I mean, Ben Pearson's a warrior on there. I don't think he needs that armband. I think as as the face of the club, Josh Loren, he's perfect for me. Um, to, to me, I, th- I, think, I think that pretty much wraps up the draw. I mean, the draw hasn't quite been made yet, has it? Uh, so we don't know who we're going to get in round two. We'll bring that later on in the pod, actually, <laughs> probably, because it will have been made by then. It's just, just about to be done. Uh, but, yeah, thank you for joining us, Tom. Uh, much appreciated, mate. So and It's uh, nice to uh, delve into uh, last night's win and uh, two out of two for the season.
6: Thank you for having me, and let's hope for a um,
4: Bull 19 versus Bull 14 at home. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, it certainly would uh, for any Staffordshire police officer who uh, fancies a bit of overtime shortly.
6: <laughs> yeah, I feel like the invitation might be extended to uh, Cheshire and Birmingham as well, to be honest, after last time.
4: <laughs> yeah, I well, mean maybe, maybe even the armed forces might be needed to get a couple of tanks on our Road, sort us out. <laughs> great bit of insight there from Tom uh, yeah now we're just going to catch up with Louis from the Baggies Podcast before we head into the news
3: Hi Stoke fans it's Louis Bent here from the Baggies Podcast here to give my thoughts on Stoke City 2 West Brom 1 in the Carabao Cup first round um, I feel like we've spoken quite a lot over the past sort of couple of weeks uh, in the build up to the championship season obviously with this game as well uh, and I'm sure we'll catch up at some point uh, over, the, over the course of our next few games but uh yeah, disappointing defeat. I guess it was quite a rotated lineup from the one that we played on Saturday against Blackburn. See another another two on defeat. But I feel like uh we've learned a bit about the squad, what sort of depth that we've got from, from last light's performance. I think, you know, if if I'm gonna find some positives in what was a disappointing defeat where we looked a bit vulnerable especially to your wingers, um and I feel like we struggled to really break down your defence at times until we sort of brought on a few Better names, in obviously, Thomas Asante, I think we brought on Malumbi um, as well, and Samiento. I feel like we struggled to create any clear, real clear chances on goal. And it was a bit of a weird lineup from Carlos. He's gone from a four at the back to, to then a three or five at the back uh, last night, which I thought was interesting. But it does tell us a bit about the squad options. Obviously, positives would be that I thought Alex Moe was very good. He's a player that was on loan at Middlesbrough last season, but he's come back and looks looks really sharp. Um, and I think he should be pushing for a starting spot this season. We've learned a lot about Ethan Ingram at right wing back. Obviously, Darnell Furlong has been in desperate need of some cover, some competition in that position. Same with left back with Conor Townsend, who obviously played again last night. But um, Ethan Ingram, I thought was was really good. looked looked like he's got a hell of a leap on him, which is which is which uh, is not something I've noticed from watching the under 21s 20, 20 games. But he looked really promising to so possibly a, a little a, a little. Um, little uh, showing for Carlos there to work with um, and, uh, yeah overall obviously it was disappointing um, but for yourselves you look really really strong I thought Wesley played really well uh, obviously I think that, that goal's gone down as an own goal but still you know did really well to pin his man and, and get a shot from goal in a difficult situation um, and yeah I think uh, you obviously your wingers look really good I think uh, Vidigal obviously scoring another goal for yourselves is, is, is massive and I think that you should have really high hopes for the season with the additions you made your defence look really good I think it took us to bring on quite a few of our uh, better players in attack to, to, to cause you, yourselves some real problems at the back. But, yeah, as I say, it's disappointing, obviously, to concede so quickly after scoring, which is you know, defensively has been an issue over the first of this game and the Blackburn game conceding twice in 90 seconds, conceding straight after scoring. It seems like there might be some sort of uh, issue that we've got with... <laughs> With, with you know not conceding goals basically and and just conceding them very quickly either after scoring or, or one after the other, so maybe a bit fragile at the back but yeah uh, pleased that we 're out, I guess a little bit because the world cup i don 't think has massive importance on a lot of championship teams, but you know, for yourselves, you put out a strong team, and 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 you certainly played like you had a really strong team out. We played a bit more like we'd had a mishmash of a lineup put together, which was which which is the case. But other than that, I think we've learned a lot about the squad options. Maybe there's there's room for a bit more depth in our squad, and I think that we've 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 learned that last night. And obviously, we played the prize of exiting the cup. But yeah, thanks so much for having me on again, uh, and hopefully, speak to you guys soon so the uh, we've got some under
4: 18s under 21 action they are back in action this weekend so the under 18s they kick off their season Saturday midday at Clayton Wood against Leeds first league game um, so good luck to them and then the under 21s they are in action on Monday 7pm kick off at home to Reading now we say at home home is actually St George's Park for this game so down in Burton um, yeah so first league game there um, I wonder what I don't know what players are going to be available. To be honest, I mean they're all seem to be uh, dodging dodging squads and all sorts. You know people like Tazgal and Low and and Sadib, you know they're just really r- missing out. 18s and twenty ones and straight to the first team, aren't they? But um, we'll see see who actually gets, makes the uh, makes the team sheet for those games. Well, that's just it, Dan.
5: Like because. If you think about, obviously, we've had these names coming through. We've had several players. It makes me wonder, I don't know the youth ranks enough to know what other players, if you take them out of the equation, are on the cusp. You'd probably argue that maybe there's no more. Um, but it's it's actually also an exciting thing because maybe the other players now that were around those, maybe those were being a little bit overshadowed by these really special talents. And we're going to see another crop of players pop up in a year or two's time, Maybe.
4: Yeah, I know there's exciting, um, a lot of excitement around Sol Sadibi's group, actually. I know, obviously, Sol seems to be breaking away from that um, and through the ranks, as, as we said. But I know that group in particular, they've got real high hopes for a few of them. Um, I know Will Smith, they really, they really rave about him, they love him. And there is others as well around that. So it'll be interesting. I think, obviously, they are now, now becoming under 16s. Um, and maybe his first year in, in, in the under-18s so yeah be two or three years time we may see a few more of them you know in and around the first team squad I suppose the thing is you know don't expect everyone to be and ripping up at 16 I suppose isn't it
5: yeah, exactly that. And I mean, they, they've always said, haven't they, is it one in every 40, I think, youth players actually make it to a proper serious professional level. So the I fact think... that we've got potentially Tez Gallo, Sidibe, um I've said a couple that have come in and moved on, you know, the Collins of this world and stuff. But like, there's... I mean, obviously, Simkin is, is another one that they've got yeah. high hopes for. I mean, we've probably... More than overshot where we probably expected to be in terms of developing players, so not a bad place to be.
4: But yeah, uh, fantastic. And like I say, let's just hope that these current crops can use this development. And like I say, if there are people you sort of internet, there, if these people are moving in, moving above the level that they should be at age wise, it's opening a gap up for somebody else to come in and play. And otherwise, would be sat watching. So yeah, it's all good. Um, Right, so the women, so the first league game for the women is actually not this weekend, but next weekend, it's going to be away at West Brom, Sunday the 20th of August. Right, so news, obviously, it's going to be transfers, there is a big transfer news, I'm going to save that to the end, if you mind, Mike, I think you know what I'm going to be, what we're going to be going on. Is Uh, it (laughs) Ronaldo? Well, by the time this podcast comes out, it may be old news anyway, Um, but... Right, I think well, we'll leave that to the end. So I'm going to run through some things here. There's quite a bit, obviously, as you would expect in this time of year. There's always a lot, a lot of links in there. Tyrese Campbell, we he hear he's out for a few weeks. Um, with the big news that's coming later on, for me, he needs a new contract now, doesn't he? We've lost, you know, I think we do need some people who been here longer than six weeks. <laughs>
5: Yeah, I don't. I don't think there is absolutely any way at all that Tyrese is going. Not for a second. Um, I actually am in the camp now where, unless a silly offer comes in, uh, then he stays. And if it means he goes for free, so be it. Um, like, why? Why would we get rid of one of our, you know, top strikers? Uh, like, it makes absolutely no sense to me at all.
4: Yeah, for me I think he must for him as well, I think he must be watching this team and seeing the movement and the fluidity and the and the and the touches that are around the box and thinking to himself, you know what? I, I can't wait to get back fitting out on this pitch.
5: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's gonna be one of his surrounded by players and he wants to be in a successful team. Where's he gonna go? I mean is has he proven himself enough to be in the Premier League? What a Bournemouth, you know, a type of I'm sure they're going the types of teams so that type of a club, I mean, Luton clearly don't want him for reasons we'll come to. Um, who's gone up, Sheffield United, um maybe it, it won't it won't be a, a top top club so there's a very small window of teams that could probably go and go actually one team there'll be another batch that maybe they don't want to spend what we may want on, on him as well um Tyrese knows he's on he'll be on a decent enough contract at stoke he knows he's going to be one of the you know the, the first names on the team sheet because i think he will the question will obviously be if he is then where does that leave vidigal chico Um, you know Wesley. That there's only three spaces. Um, I think there's a lot of players. Sorry, a lot of fans rather who would. I don't know. It seems like there's a bit of. I aren't bothered going on and a lot of the fan base. And I think that's because Vidigal's doing so well. But let's not kid ourselves, Vidigal is not going to go and score 30 goals this season. We're going to have to have goals coming from other places. And that might be a bit of Tyrese, a bit of Vidigal, bit of Chico, bit of, you know, Wesley, and maybe another striker that's going to come in.
4: Yeah, and let's be honest, you know, last night when the subs were made, Alex Neil came out after and said you had to put Daniel Johnson right wing for the last few minutes. He's like, he's not a right winger, he shouldn't be playing there. So yeah. that is, again, a little nod towards the board and the recruitment team. So, you know, we're not done yet. I do still need some more players coming in. Get rid of Tyrese Campbell and you've got another hole to fill on that side
5: haven't you um, and, and Bob- thing is that you say hole though Dan but yes it's a hole but what's it going to cost to replace someone who, who has Tyrus's impact and I know there's boo boys out there for him I I, I, I do understand that but the guy if he doesn't score he does assist. That, is, that last season stats. Just go and have a look at them Like you know, if there's more than enough stats. And then have a look at which other t- you know teams in the championship had a striker that scored what was it nine goals and I suppose that's six or seven assists. I've got the stats of, you know, obviously in front of me. But go and tell me how many other players in in this league for the teams who didn't get promoted have got those stats for a player. I'm sure there aren't many.
4: Especially, I think, if you look at the percentage of how many goals we actually scored compared to exactly. how many people involved in. Um, yeah,
5: a pretty crap team around him as well, let's be honest.
4: Yeah. So, we'll talk about Alex Neil's comments. Um, so, when asked if he was close to bringing anyone in, he said, yes, but I'm not sure how close. There's one that could potentially happen in the next day or it could potentially happen over the next week or so. So, that's interesting. Obviously, we've got Wouterberger defensive mid, we've got Junior Shimadeo, who's a right back incidentally playing left wing back for Colchester in the Cup this week uh, obviously Josh Onomar, I wonder if he's the one he's on about you can sort out apparently he's rejected Sheffield Wednesday which means, that should hopefully clear the way for him to be joining Stoke you'd hope um, three potential exciting signings there aren't they yeah I
5: mean I think on model, We've. We, I think the one, the one thing that the, the Cup prove to me is when you take out our best 11 shall we say that well, the best 11 what we've seen so far let's just put it that way it's probably a better way because let's face it who knows what a best 11 actually is for sure right now you take those players out we've then got a jordan thompson who i wouldn't tie you know trust to tie his own shoelaces at times um <laughs> you know i saw yes great to see him in there he definitely does not look out of place I'm still waiting to see what type of a midfielder Sol is. You know, uh, He's finding his feet, and it's going to take him a while, so you can't expect you can't expect anything from Sol. He'll probably be a good bench player to come on and put a bit of energy into the side. Then what have we got in, in front of them where it was scraping? Maybe a baker will come back, but again, a couple months away, he then needs to get fit, he then needs to get embedded into the team. We need to see if we've actually found a way of even embedding him into this club. So we need the centre of that midfield field and Onomar looked really lively in the friendlies yes he needs to get a bit fitter but no doubt he's probably already been doing that while we've been assessing him over the last week or two so I I absolutely think that's a no brainer personally so for me he's one of the main names I'd probably pull out of there of we need some depth in that middle still
4: yeah and I think some other players have been linked with uh, we're preparing a bid apparently for Aris Salonica winger Luis Palmas uh, Luis Palma 23 years old last season 36 games 13 goals 8 assists can't grumble them statistics <laughs> even if they are in the Cypriot League um, I think this has been going on for a couple of weeks now and it? it won't go away so there m- potentially could be something in that Um um, we've also obviously been linked today with midfield Jovic 19 year old Serbian youth international um, very highly rated apparently really highly rated um, Man- uh, the rumours are actually Manchester City were looking at him for their youth setup uh, recently so if we can get him in obviously he might not be one for now but might be one for you know, 12, 8, 6, 12, 18 months down the line um, another like I say just exciting times players we don't know we love this don't we um, and one other player obviously Tom Cannon now Alan Nixon is reporting saying that Everton will not allow Tom Cannon to leave on loan until they've signed two new strikers um, so maybe we can, help, can we send them maybe Dwight Gales just to help things along with that maybe till it looks
5: oh, like that? I think that's a little bit harsh now Dwight Gales very good interception and assist um, <laughs> maybe, maybe we've got a new Dwight Gale uh, all of a sudden but um, you can't fault the guy for the minimal contribution he's been able to have so far so that's a bit harsh Daniel
4: Um, well anyway with with Karnam Preston obviously he was on loan there last year Uh, Birmingham and Sunderland as well Stoker in for him there's a £1 million loan fee involved Um, so yes Uh, outgoings now goalkeeper wise under 21 keeper Alfie Brooks has joined Colwyn Bay on a season long loan to get some experience Uh, Jack Bonham is available Uh, Gillingham Gillingham have got some money Uh, maybe he could be heading back to there really yeah, well, apparently they've got to over in January. The guy, they've been splashing the cash. Um, so who are we uh, signing then? Well, I don't know. Well, that's who knows that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but something just to keep an eye on, just to round off this little section here, is that Wolves have sacked Julian, well, I say they've sacked a mutual termination of manager Julian Lopeteglu. Um Gary O'Neill's took over... This could potentially be bad news for us in January, couldn't it? Cecchino and Hoover are on season-long loans with an option to recall And Jan. New manager, if Wolves are struggling, they're going to have no money to spend. I I, I can't see any, any situation where he doesn't recall them in January, even if he just has a look at them for two or three weeks in training through January and decides whether they come back to us or whether he stays with them. For me... Unless it's a financial thing they can't afford to, I, I I just I really fear we may be losing them in January.
5: Well, I they're up a creek without a paddle at the minute from a financial standpoint. Yeah. So I mean When they signed Henry, it was nine million quid. That normally comes with a pretty decent salary. So that'll be a good chunk of change. They might not even want on the books. Maybe in January, if we've got a bit of money to spend, which no doubt we've definitely, you know, we're going to keep some to one side in case we need a a push. Maybe then is the time to actually go and sign Henry permanently. Because I, I think you pointed out a few days ago to me that, um, the FFP standpoint, it will be around, I don't know, was it 3.6? I can't remember the number you said now. Something like 3.6 million. Um, yeah. That's a bargain for someone of his quality in this division, someone who could go into the Premier League as well. Like, surely, again, over a four- or five-year deal, because he would, you could definitely say he'd be worth it. It's not a stupid gamble. He's not 29 and he's ready to retire. Like, that's the deal that, on the books, could actually turn out to be a quite a cheap deal. So... That's the t- I know what you're I mean, saying, but you might that get 3. recalled. 6,
4: but... though, that 3. 6, though, is like it would. That'd be nothing. They would make no profit on that as FFP wise. Well, I think we'll just have to wait and see. I think their financial situation. We we maybe have that may give us the upper hand, but I can definitely see them being recalled. Um. So yes, the one big news I wanted to talk about is the sale. And somewhat unexpected, slightly unexpected, I think, of Jacob Brown to now Luton is the is the clear link. We've seen the pictures of him with people from Luton. Apparently, that was him down there, you know, talking to him as medical a lot. But I've heard that they aren't the only Premier League team in for him, so we have got a little bit of a bidding war maybe going on. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Mike? Um mixed feelings,
5: really. I don't think he deserves the abuse that he's got from some people. I think you, it's fine to say that he's not the best striker in the world, and he'd be the absolute, probably one of the first people to admit that he isn't. But I've always said on this pod that he is a Johnny Walter's Mark too. The guy will run and run and run. You'll never hear him complain. He will give 100%. He's obviously limited in ability, which is why well, actually I'm, honest, I'm a bit surprised he's even going to the Premier League. But, um, you know, he he deserves his chance. You know, he's probably not going to get there ever again. I think this will be his, his probably one and only chance uh, to get there now. So a bit disappointed that he's going because I still think he would have been a decent option from the bench, even if it is just to run at some uh, kind of defenders late on games. But when, when you think about the, you know, the strike options we've got, you um, I guess it's kind of inevitable. The only way that we might potentially suffer, I know we'll probably bring in one more striker, but um, maybe in January, if you know, if he sends like Chico back, then you know again that's someone down the right hand side that we're not going to have to to kind of take over. So we might be back in the market again come January. But um, yeah, it, it's been a good servant for Stoke. He's. <laughs> He's not going to be, I don't know, I try and think of the most diplomatic way to say this, I aren't going to overly miss him, but I think he's been a good servant. He's better than some people make out um, and, and good luck to him in the Premier League. I'm sure he'll score a couple of goals and that'll be about it. I don't think he's going to really do very much, if I'm honest. He just hasn't got the, the finishing ability, unfortunately.
4: What would you consider a fair fee? Um, £4
5: million. Four million five at a push. I as don't think we gonna get more than that. Yeah, he's you're not gonna get more than that, I don't think. He's not prolific. He's just a workhorse. Um, I don't think you're getting more than that at all. Four or five mil tops.
4: See, so, yeah, I think with his work rate, I think that that could be invaluable to a team who are probably gonna be struggling in the Premier League. Let's be honest, that they'll openly admit that's where they are probably gonna be. And I just think, like say, his running. I mean, we saw it, didn't we? When we got promoted, we didn't have the most gifted squad, but we had a we had a team who would never give up. And I think if you put eleven Jacob Browns out there, you'll always have a chance of staying up, no matter what division you're in, purely on the drive and the commitment. And I think, although he's although he was probably not a guaranteed starter at Stoke week in week out now, I definitely think he'll need replacing.
5: Yeah, he'll he'll need replacing. Like I said, I think we've got Chico he'll, he'll, he'll be the natural person to take over him, but um we need someone else who can at least be a bench player. Um, because we'll have we'll have no backup on that right hand side. So uh yeah, I, I think four or five bill, I'm pretty sure that Jared Dublin can probably be confident in his ability to go out and find somebody else. And the, the amount of links that we're getting with these under twenty ones and younger players from abroad, uh, you know, there, there'll be plenty of options, I think.
4: Yeah, I think they need somebody. I think when I say replace, them, I think they need a like light for likes. Light they need somebody who can, who can really push the opposition back and pressure them, and and have that constant energy, um, and basically lead the press where others will then follow. I think he could be valuable. You know, he's invaluable. I think when that isn't there, you you don't realise what you've lost until it's gone. Kind of thing. That sounds like a song that you need to sing to me, Dan.
5: You don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> no, no I <I'm> <laughs> No, okay. That's fine. We'll just we'll leave that in there just for me eh? Yeah, I mean I am not I'm not gonna lose any sleep over this one, Dan. I am still shocked that he's going to the Premier League. Um but whatever. Good I say good good luck to him. He, he's not Premier League quality as far as I'm concerned. Um but I would have again if again you've got to think, well, if it's not Jacob, who else is it gonna be? The answer is Tyrese. No chance would I ever sell Jake, uh, Terry over a Jacob Brown. It's not even close. So, yeah,
4: I, think, I think what we do, though, what we do have to do, though, is be aware and accept that this is going to be the future until we get out of this division. We are probably we are going to invest, but the way financial fair play works, we are we doing it the right way, aren't we? We are investing in younger players who we hope to increase their value and then we sell them on, and then that money we then can reinvest back in on more signings, better wages, and then eventually one of those players will then be worth more. We can sell them on and reinvest and so on and so on, thus staying within the, the FFP, profit and sustainability, whatever, boundaries. Obviously, when you get promoted, the boundaries widen quite considerably, and I imagine the Coates family will will probably make Nottingham Forest look like child's play when we get promoted (laughs) Um, but obviously we don't know when that will be that could be this season next season five seasons ten seasons whatever but in the meantime I do think we're going to have to accept that most seasons we might see a, a player leave who we thought oh he was quite vital to the first team and now he's gone
5: well, I mean, you've got to think about that. Like, Vidicel, if he goes and scores 20 goals a season, I mean, we're, we're really jumping ahead here, but if he goes and jo- you know, scores 20 goals, you can absolutely bank on a Premier League club wanting him next season. Now, we are obviously going to be talking, you know, probably a multi-million million pound, Yeah, you're going to be talking a multi-million pound deal, which Stoke would never turn down. So, you know, if, if you think about Jacob Brown, really... He's what twenty five years old now. I aren't quite sure when his contract runs out. Off the top of my head, you you probably know, uh, Mr. Stato. But either way, um, this is probably going to be our last chance to get a decent fee for him. Because if he's twenty five, maybe going on twenty six. Um, I think I, I think he, I think he is uh, twenty six next April or something like that. Um, so you know, they say they offer him a three year deal. He's twenty nine. He ain't going to be worth four, five, six million quid at twenty nine years old. Not going to be so. I think this is his peak of his value, but and I, I'm not trying to be horrible to the guy. I just I don't think he's going to be hitting those numbers in his late twenties, early thirties. So this this is probably a good deal for everybody concerned. And if we can go and get vidigal for four hundred thousand, then God knows what we could do with four million. So um, yeah, as long as we reinvest,
4: which we will, then no problem for me. So I think that should really round up the news. Um, oh, one thing the, the the draw has just been made whilst we've been chatting. Yes. Uh, Rotherham at home. Um, poor Rotherham.
5: <laughs> I was going to say, I bet all their hearts drop. They've been looking forward to this all day. And then they go and get the team. that absolutely spanked them. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's probably
4: the one draw. Stoke away is probably the one thing, they, the least bull- draw they wanted out of anything.
5: Exactly, and they're not going to be taking many fans to Stoke already for that one. They've already probably ruled it out. I mean, look at us getting ahead of ourselves, like a Rotherham and you know nothing. Well, they are nothing. Um, but I'm I, yeah, I, I know the next one out or pretty much one of the latest ones was Vale versus Crew. <laughs> That'll be an interesting one. And you made a good point that you know Stoke and obviously uh, the Vale game will not be on the same day. So it will be interesting to see which days uh, we we all. End up playing, but uh, yeah, I say for me, I think that's pretty much a guaranteed move into round three. And we'll, I just want to avoid the big boys. I think with these cup draws, I know people want to see the Evertons and all that business. Um, personally, no, I want to avoid them as late as we possibly can uh, because it means that really we can probably keep playing our fringe players. Uh, if we come up against, you know, an Everton and then God knows who else, Burnley next or something like that, um, then, you know, we're going to have to play probably a quite a full-strength team, which is going to affect our championship playoffs. So, um, I, yeah, for me... Great draw. Let's keep playing the young, you know, the smaller clubs, um, uh, for as long as we possibly can. For me,
4: I prefer what I want is to see Stoke City play as many games as possible. To be honest, and get as far in these competitions. So, I like the fact that if you draw a lower league side, especially at home, you've got a better chance of getting through. Um, so yeah. So obviously, we, I, the one thing I do don't like, you know, the worst thing for me is playing teams from the same division. And uh, we've sort of got two of them, are not we, in a row this year. Hopefully we can see them off and maybe, God, maybe get the winner of Vale Crew or I think it was, um, <laughs> was it Bradford. and think Bradford's got a lower league side as well with them. I think it was so Mansfield, maybe, I think. Yeah, so maybe the winner of either of them ties will do in the next round.
5: Yeah, yeah, i say we'll, I think we'll get through comfortably. Um and I'd rather it be all home ties as well. I think we need to have every opportunity to win games at home this season. So take every single one we can get and then we'll uh, who knows, maybe it'll we'll flip on its head, maybe we'll be crap away from home, but we'll win every single home game. I hope not, but you never know. <laughs> be ironic after last season. Yeah,
4: we'll certainly got a lot of home wins to make up for last season, I think. Yeah, one thing just to round off this section just before we get into Ipswich is, uh, do you have noticed, but Asmir Begovic made the Championship Team of the Week this week, despite being in goal as his QPR side lost 4-0 to Watford. Um, So yeah, he made his his QPR debut, should I say, uh, lost 4-0, but he made nine saves, Mike. So he stopped that game being double figures for Watford. And uh, yes, it wasn't doesn't sound like he was giving much protection from his uh, Morgan Fox led defence, does it?
5: No, I've got to feeling he's been making a lot more saves for them this season. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Asme's still got it, any, Uh but yeah. I <laughs> Uh, again it was as me, I would have loved to see back here he's you know I think he's got ties to, to you know down, down south and down in London so I think he's just going for locality and no doubt they can still offer him a decent wage as well so I think it's just better for him personally but um, yeah it's a shame I wanted to see him back here
4: maybe he doesn't want to tarnish his legacy either because is he now 36 37
5: well we don't need somebody else who's going to uh, refuse to play in the cup do
4: we? he's already done that once <laughs> <laughs> like, oh dear I shouldn't chat born, I'm doing that right let's get into Ipswich town
1: and there
0: There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
4: So, yes, I have got some stats for you on the Ipswich game. So, it's 78 times Stoke Ipswich have met, 29 Potters wins, 28 Tractor Boys wins with 21 draws. So, that's pretty level, isn't it? Pretty close. Uh, At Portman Road, though... We've they've got a bit a bit more in, the, in Ipswich's favour as you'd expect. Thirty-nine games have been played at Ipswich. We have eleven wins. There's been nine draws and nineteen home wins. Uh, right, but recent records are actually in our favour. So our last loss to Ipswich was in 2004, which was a 1-0 away defeat. Uh, we've played him on eight times on eight occasions since then. Uh, and the last four trips to Ipswich have been two Stoke wins and two draws. So, yeah, it's a, a bit of record, like I say, a bit of recent record in our favour. Three wins to start a season. Now, obviously, victory for the Potters. will see us get uh, win our first three games at the start of a season. It'll be the first time since 2003-04 when we got league wins over Derby 3-0 away and Wimbledon 2-1 at home and beat Rochdale 2-1 at home in the Cup as well. Although... If my memory serves me right, both Rochdale and Wimbledon were games won in injury time as well. So, uh, yeah, we just sneaked wins in them too. Uh, Yes, but three wins in a row at any time of the season. It's only the second time we've had this since October 2016. So nearly seven years, and it's only the second time we'll have won three in a row if we manage to win this game. November 2021 was the last time, and the only time we've done it in, like say, nearly seven years. uh, Which is a game that me and you know, Mike, actually we went to Blackpool away and won 1-0 uh, then we went to Luton and won 1-0 and then we beat Peterborough at 2-0 at home yep so how about new players so last week we saw a new player uh, Andre Vidigal score a brace on debut and then step off the bench to score the winner against West Brom so a new player who scores in consecutive games from their debut he is the first person to score in their first two games for the club since a certain Afobi in 2018 Now, hopefully, obviously, Bennett didn't have a great time at Stoke. Let's hope that Andre uh, goes from strength to strength. Last season took us until the 13th of September for a player to score three goals. So, Vidigal's already on three. Uh, Yeah, last season, it was Lewis Baker was the first Stoke player to get to three goals. Uh, And that was in the 10th game of the season uh, when he got his goal away at Hull. So, yes, obviously, we are already three points better off than we were at this stage last season and also in the corresponding games. So, again, more positivity. Now... This is where it's not going to be as positive. So last season, Ipswich's home record: one sixteen drew six, lost one. Scored sixty at home and conceded just thirteen. They had sixty percent possession across the League One campaign last year, and they averaged seven point four corners per game in League One at home, and average and two point eight corners against them, which is the lowest conceded by a club and the highest game by. A club in the whole division. They also averaged just 2.5 shots against them. Shots on targets against them per game, which was the lowest in the league, uh, whilst getting um, set over seven shots on target at home per game. Again, the highest in the whole division. Connor Chaplin, top scorer in League One last year with 26 goals, so he's somebody to watch out for. Addis, uh, also Friday La- Ladabo, he was the sixth top scorer in League One with 17 goals so yeah they weren't scoring goals in the last 10 matches Ipswich have scored first in 9 of them and kept 6 clean sheets so yeah the end of League 1 bang in form this isn't going to be an easy game Um, Stokes last 10 matches they're not a bad record at all we've scored first on 5 occasions and kept 3 clean sheets I don't think that's too shabby at all Um, how about this Ipswich have won their last 8 home games scoring 31 goals and conceding just one. So that's the near enough an average of four goals a game and conceding one in eight. Do you know who scored that one goal? Port Vale. Yeah. So they were actually unbeaten in 18 home league games as well, um, which stretches back well into last year. Um Uh, let's see Kieran McKenna uh, he's obviously yes actually Ipswich are in for Axel Tunzebe so you might wonder well, where's that come from well the manager Kieran McKenna is actually a former assistant manager at Manchester United and worked with Axel uh, quite a lot there he worked under four different Manchester United managers just shows the turnover they have there um, so yeah so he has been linked with Ipswich It's possible talks going on let's hope he doesn't sign in time for this weekend <laughs> uh, McKenna has only managed Ipswich and has never faced Stoke uh, so there's no sort of head-to-head record there he's also never faced Alex Neal he took over Ipswich um well, need to go to Sunderland, should I say, after both games against Ipswich had already been played. Um, so, yeah, one last thing. On this day, 1962, Nigel Gleghorn was born. So, yeah, we're doing it on this day, uh, 1962, Nigel Gleghorn was born. He, we still brought him for £100,000 in 1992. And during his four years with the Potters, he went on to play 208 times before leaving for Burnley. Referee stats, mate, so Josh Smith is the referee, uh, yeah, probably not, don't recognise him he reffed Leeds v Cardiff last weekend and uh, miraculously only showed three cards, all of them yellow, during the whole game, so yeah no 9, 10, 11 yellow cards for him um, yeah, so he reffed Stoke twice last season, the 4-0 home defeat to Watford and the 2-1 home defeat to Birmingham, so yeah, not great recent record with him, whilst he reffed Ipswich once, which was a 4-4 away draw at Charlton so yeah, I'll take that for um, goals and, and action, I'll take 4 4 draw. Uh, yeah, he's ref five times in his career. We've won three and drew two, showing us 10 yellows, no reds, giving us one penalty. Uh, whilst he's re- refereed Ipswich in three occasions, winning one, drawing two, and they are undefeated. Nine yellows he's shown them, no penalties and no reds. Uh, his 59 championship games he's refed in his career, he's had 28 home wins, 13 draws, and 18 away wins. So yeah, um, not bad really. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. I think he's going to keep his cards in his pocket. So then, uh, Michael, I've told you all that. What what do you do you think? Uh, it's going to be a tough game, into let's be honest.
5: Yeah, Ipswich is going to be a, a really tough game, mate. I mean, was it their first home home game of the season? Um, they're going to be all up for trying to get off to a, a good good footing. But there's one thing: just having the home advantage, you know, it's that's fine. But if you're up against a really strong team, it doesn't always mean very much. And, you know, we're going there full of confidence, back to back wins. I mean, as you said earlier, the stats for winning three at home, uh, sorry, three on the trot doesn't exactly happen all the time. So um, I, yeah, I, I don't think they are going to be as great as some pundits seem to be making them out to be. I'm sure they'll have a decent season, but we, we, we've got no reason to be scared of it. town. Plymouth, Ipswich, forget them. Don't care. You We're know, Stoke City, we've got some great players, we've got a great attitude. The club's back to what we hope you know we've seen in, in recent years. I aren't bothered. Ipswich are just another um, ant we need to step on to, to make our way up the league. So, that's fine. N- not, not worried about Ipswich at all. As much as I don't think it'll be easy, we can't be worried about Ipswich if we've got any ambitions in this division.
4: Unbeaten we'll in 18 Home League games? No? And on the championship they are not mate they won 2-0 tonight at home haven't they obviously not championship opposition um, obviously yeah they, so they've they've got the first home that might actually do us a favour you know they've, I know it's not going to be a full hour so it's going to be a different atmosphere altogether but it, they've, had a, they've had a home game now so it's not like the first home game we've waited you know four months for this it might just take a slight edge. I still think it'll be more intense than it would have been tonight for them, but might just be a little, knock a little bit of the intensity down. Yeah, possibly.
5: But I think, you know, we'll we'll pack it out. It looks like we're taking um, a good number of, of fans to the game as well. Although I think the 34 quid a ticket. So well done to everybody who wants to uh, fork out 34 quid plus travel to that. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd say... I, I'm not. I'm not bothered. We've we've got better players than them, um, and, and like I said, I, I reiterate what I said. Just if we've got any ambitions to be fighting the playoffs, we've got to beat the likes of Ipswich. It's got to happen. So if we win three in a trot, my God, people's expectations are going to go through the roof here. Um, I know mine already do. I'm expecting automatic
4: promotion now. So. <laughs> I like you said they've got they've got good players, and but not great players, have the And I mean. What, what is it, eight, last eight games they've won them all? Last eight, last eight home games they've won them all, I mean, as I said, averaging as good as four goals a game and conceded just one in eight, and that was to Port Vale of all teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I say, I think, well, they've got Sam Morsey in midfield. Um, he's, he's hardly going to rip the championship up, is he? Yes. No. He <laughs> yeah, put an ex Vale playing for a start. If we are, like you're sort of saying that I think that's the attitude we need to take. You know, get rid of all the hype, get rid of all the noise around them, and how great they were. Yeah, they, yeah, they were spanking teams last season at home in the second half of the season. But that was then. This is now. They're in a division. In a different division. They have probably got different players. Let's be honest. they all think they've upgraded players, um, but we've upgraded quite a lot in our squad. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, you know, we just need to go there. Be positive, play our game, and don't, be di- don't let them dictate to us how, how it goes. No,
5: and I don't think we will, because I think we'll put the pressure on. Um, although, you know, they play like a 3-4-3. Three, three. So, you know, again, pro- we're probably going to be facing similar tactics, you know, head-to-head. Head head. And the one gauge for me as well, when I think about an opposition, especially a team that are coming up, like, look at their team. I'm looking at them right now. I wouldn't swap a single one of their players for hours. Not a one. So I, I'm I'm confident we're stronger than them all over the pitch. So that's good enough for me.
4: Um, formation-wise, they tend to prefer more of a 4-2-3-1, I think, mm. um, with the two holding midfielders. field. That's why I like Luongo and, and Morsi come in. But actually, I mean, Ben Pearson is one man. He can do that holding job better than them two can put together in my eyes. So, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. I mean, they've got Hurst. Hirst looks at you, you know, I watched them against Sunderland, and he put himself about. But they won that game in like a twenty-minute period for me. I mean, Sunderland, without being fantastic, with a better team slightly, I think in the first half, it, it just started well. At the start of the second half, got a couple of goals, and then Sunderland were all over them. Especially final thirty minutes, it was just attack after attack for Sunderland, and even when they went down to 10 men, didn't they? With, oh, I think was 18 minutes remaining, plus I think we'd have 13 minutes injury time. But so 72nd minute onwards, they were down to 10 men and they still just kept flooding forward, and flooding forward. And Cuddies, I mean, they had corner after corner after corner, shots going in, glass-ditch tackle, their head is going behind. And I think for Ipswich, they were, they were the ones that were like, they had 10 men rather than Sunderland. Yeah. And... um I think they were were exhausted. Obviously, they played 24 hours after us, that game. They then played tonight, whereas we played Tuesday. So, again, they've got 24 hours less rest going into this game as well. So that would be interesting if that has a bearing, especially as the game gets into the later stages. Because I think one thing about the championship compared to League One is in League One, I I, watch them games and it's... It can sort of, the pace can be slow at times, can't it? And it can slow mm-hmm. down. And then there'll be bursts when it's a bit hectic and then it slows back down again and it's a bit scrappy. In the championship, that intensity is there throughout the 90 minutes. And that's what catches so many players out when they come into this division. There is no let up. There is no time to get your breath and have a breather and have five minutes off. It is constant. And they will feel that in their legs. And I think starting this season with the three games as they have, you would do our players maybe in a slightly better position come the latter stages of Saturday. We need to stay in the game, you know, like I say, keep them working, keep them going, and then hopefully, even if we have to leave it late in the last 20 minutes, we'll be still in the game. I fancy it is late on to, to be the one, the team on the front foot.
5: You're going to have Vidigal and Chico on both wings. Like, good luck with that pace. Like uh, Those guys will we'll run him into the ground. Um, so, you know, we need to think about people coming off the bench, but you're right. I think, you know, Ben Pearson, he'll be holding really nicely midfield. No issues there. Uh, we've got, you know, my, again, good pace, you know he's going to be all over the place. Uh I'm I just I'm that excited about our front three or four players that I, I really aren't worried about us scoring goals. I think we've got a good defense. You know Rose will probably get his place back I imagine. Um obviously alongside uh, Will Mott. We all know how good um our right fullback is. Um so uh, again I I'm just looking at this. I'm looking at my team and looking at theirs and I I I'm really not concerned at all. Uh, maybe that's a bit yeah. of overconfidence. I don't know, but I'm, I'm just just—I'm just not concerned.
4: I mean, I'll throw you my team. So I've got Travers in goals. Uh, back four, again, now it was Saturday, Hoover, Wilmot, Rose, Stevens. Saturday's midfield, Pearson, Johnson, Lorraine. And then up front, I've got Wesley, Wesley in the middle, Vidigal on the left, and May on the right. Um, okay. Speaking to Tom earlier, he said Mae, when he switched to the right, he looked a lot better. So I'm thinking, OK, well, he might do well on the right. And I think Wesley, um, Tom was really impressed with his work rates against uh, West Brom. So yep. he never stopped running. And he said his massive unity. Of the ball can stick to him, but he also was bringing others into play. He also had a bit of pace about him. So I think as a striker down the middle, he would be the perfect person, for an away, especially away from home. Um, like I say, Stephen's over time, and for me, Because I just think he's that bit more solid. um, If there are, you know, because let's be honest, there's going to be the crowd are going to be up for it. There is going to be times when we're on the back foot. We just need to be patient and ride these out, don't we? And and make our chances when we do. Yeah, we're not going to be ninety minutes taking control. Let's be honest. Um, we will be
5: some on the counter
4: attack. There's very few games in this division when you do that. Mm. (laughs) Um, So for me, yeah, I think if Wesley can just. Uh, probably just hold up a bit, you know, drive them, press them, and then you've got May and Vidigal sort of buzzing around. I think that could be the way forward for Saturday. Um, we bench the enemy, you've got Bonham, McNally, Timon, um, Sadibi, Thompson, Gale, uh, Chiquino, and then I've got Lowe, and uh, I'm going to stick DiMaggio on there, although I think we might have a signing by the weekend, and I think DiMaggio will be the one who drops off, whether it's you know Josh Anamar or or uh, any of the others that we've mentioned before, maybe even a surprise. You know, Stoke are like like chucking <laughs> surprise signings downers, don't they? Um, but yeah, that's 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 where I'm looking. Um, I'm going to go for though. I'm going to go for one one. Okay.
5: Well, my team's really simple. It's the same the same as Rotherham, except I'm swapping Jacob for uh, for Chico. Uh, I don't think he's going to want to get too far away from a team that's just one four one. Uh, the other guy's got a nice run out. I think Johnson again is gonna be missed You know, in the team every single week if he can. Loren is a workhorse, so he's not gonna drop him. Um Pearson will come, you know, back in. Um Again, you can't off Vidigal, no matter what you do. The fact we haven't got Jacob, or, uh, Jacob. The fact we have got Tyrese also obviously alludes to the fact that Vidigal will start. Uh, May again, as you said, he can play across all all th- three places, I guess, up front. So you know he can switch and change with that. Uh, I'm not quite starting Wesley like you are um, at this point, not because I doubt him, I don't doubt him at all at this point, but I just think he's got. I think he wants to go for pace and flair. Over the long ball type approach wherever he can. I just think he'll, he'll reserve Wesley for the last 15, 20 minutes if we need to mix it up. So it's really simple for me. Same team against Rotherham and a 2 1 away win.
4: Very nice. um So that's, those are our predictions, our teams. Now you can tell it's such league one, aren't you? Or we're- you know, Lee One club just playing the Championship because we can't find any audio. No one's prepared to give us anything. Um, so a bit disappointing, but never mind. What we have got audio though is our good old faithful Graham McGarry. So here's Graham's thoughts ahead of the
7: match. Well, what a great start to the new season for you Potter's Predictors. Play two, one two. Now it's time to get off on your travels and see how you can perform away from home, where you go to the lovely area of Ipswich and the perfect ground as well, because it's a super stadium with a perfect pitch for Alex Neilside side to show what they're made of. Ipswich, of course, winners on Sunday up at the Stadium of Light meeting Sunderland are now coming into their first home game back in the Championship after winning promotion last season. Season. Stoke full of confidence Alex Niels have been boosted by some of his uh, fringe players or squad players in midweek to give him a bit of a selection headache but I'm pretty sure he knows which is the best team that he wants to select and he'll certainly do that for the game on Saturday afternoon Can Stoke make it 3 out of 3 in the opening 7 days well if they do they would put a real marker down to what their season could be over the next 9 months pretty successful I would think if it is three out of three but I'm just going to be disappointed to the Potters predictors, I'm not tipping that they're going to come back from Portman Road empty handed I'm tipping there's going to be goals for you if you're going to the game or you're going to be watching it elsewhere 2-2 at Ipswich for Stoke City going to Portman Road
4: Cheers Graham, predicting the Desmond (laughs)
5: Um, I I love that Dan It's it's a classic It's not one of those (laughs) uh, Dad jokes You you can't get away from them Um, 2-2 Yeah well It's not like Graham To not go for a a Stoke win But that's good Because I mean obviously The league table goes on Throughout the season When we win this weekend um, You know I'll go top I'll go top So You know Great, have to play catch up again. Although he did play catch up most of the season, and then took over me and you towards the back end of last. So (laughs) let's not get too ahead of ourselves, eh?
4: Aye, that's indeed right. So round off this for our little uh, six towns challenge. We've got super six starts as we can, mate. Um, Where will people find out how to join our league?
5: Uh, yeah, so I'll put a reminder in the Facebook group, so I'll get another reminder in there. Uh, it's been in a couple of times. You can also find on the Facebook group, so I'll put another reminder in that one. And you can also find on the Twitter feed. So if you just go to the Every Step Along uh, Twitter account, you'll be able to go to Media, and then again, just because I know we post a lot, so go to Media, and you will see the uh the image, and it's got a, the name of the league, which is obvious, Every Step Along the Way podcast, and then the actual code, uh, which is on the image as well. So. Uh, Depending on which way you want to do it, you've got three different routes to go down. But, yeah, there's 130 in the last time I checked. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting.
4: Nice. Well, one thing that has uh, grown is the gaffer. So I think we had just under 50 people in last year. Well, 56 have entered this time round. I have started 34th. So I was up in the top okay. 20, and then when everything settled, I was f- 34th with 51 points, um, which, incidentally, is half Jamie Gaffer, who got 102 to lead the way in our table. Wow. Yeah, so well done to him, 102. Uh, wow. Then we've got Ruby underscore SNC, got 97 to be in second, and Anthony Hobbs has got 85 points to take third place after week one. So, yes, well done to them three for uh, showing us all how to do it. I'm going to have to do some more studying. I blame Tyrese Campbell for getting injured anyway because he was my captain.
5: <laughs> and me too, yeah. I hope he get sold now, Tyrese.
4: Oh, <laughs> uh, brilliant. So, right, let's move into the six times challenge to round off this podcast. You're all aware of the rules now, aren't you, mates? What we've we got to do?
5: Um, yeah, do you want to just remind everyone in case the first time they're listening why not?
4: Uh, I'm going to give you a question, and you have got to give me either like the top six, or the say like the six most, for example. But yeah, depending on what the question is, I'll be asking you for six six answers. So this week's okay. question is: Stoke City are now in their sixth season in the Championship, six consecutive season in the Championship. Ooh. Only six clubs. I've got a longer consecutive runs currently in the championship. So which six clubs have been in the championship longer than Stoke without getting promoted or relegated? Oh, okay. Um... So what I'll do, I'll give you two lives, because there are two other clubs who've also been in for six seasons. Who I'm going to say Millwall. A... Millwall they are Yes they are One of the teams Who are joint fifth They've been in for Seven consecutive seasons Cardiff Not Cardiff You know Oh really, really? season In the Premier oh, League Of course they did
5: Crap Okay I need to start thinking about Instead of trying to be So reactive
4: um... Oh There's one more team With seven Three with nine And then there's one team Who've been in for Thirteen consecutive seasons because one team we've been in for 13 consecutive seasons, which sounds incredibly dull to me, I'll be honest.
5: Yeah. Um... Oh, you always keep second guessing yourself, don't you? Um... So I think Bristol City have been in it for a while.
4: you want to go Bristol City? Go Bristol City. They've been in for nine seasons. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. So
5: um... they in one. Bristol-Manage you Norwich have been for a while as well. Go no, Noah, uh, did he get... Um, oh, I'm going to reserve that one. Um, Hull? Hull?
4: Yeah. No, Hull has spent one season out of the championship since we've been relegated. Oh, okay. Um, unfortunately...
5: Oh, I'm really struggling here. I keep second-guessing. I think, like, Middlesbrough... I mean, man, I just don't know whether Middlesbrough bounce back up. Since. Middlesbrough? Go, go Middlesbrough, yeah.
4: They've also been in for seven seasons, so they are on the list, yes. So you've got both the sevens and the nines. So you've got two nines and the Big 13 left. Big 13. Which club... Which are your perennials? Th- the three of them... Two of them are... Clubs who you would think A bit like Bristol City Like oh yeah You just think What do you think of you think Championship And the other one I was a little bit surprised They were they were in for nine years But hmm. Oh QPR
5: Yes QPR <laughs> Yes that, so I think I may have Taught myself out of that one In the beginning But okay uh, QPR Um yeah, I think no. I, mean, I know Rotherham have been here for a while, but I, yeah, there won't be them. Um, Rotherham are
4: yo-yo, aren't they? Yo yo. Yeah, yo, exactly. Yo-yo. Oh, look down. Have I said have I said Preston? You haven't said Preston. Would you like to say Preston? Go Preston. They have been in for nine seasons. Excellent. Okay. So you just need now the club we've been in for 13 consecutive seasons. Blackburn? Again, Blackburn.
5: Uh, yeah, I'm kind of running out of ideas here, Blackburn.
4: <laughs> right. So Blackburn, unfortunately, were relegated. Um, and I think, let me. They, they, basically they haven't had more than six. I think they got promoted the year we got relegated. Right. Um, the answer you're looking for, who've so been in for 13 consecutive seasons, is Birmingham City.
5: Ah right, okay, yeah. I just had a sneaky feeling that the they dropped out, but I think they just keep keep flirting with it, and they always manage to scrape yeah. away.
4: I think they have been, bit pretty much what we've been, haven't they? They are that lower mid table, never really go down, but just sort of stick on the Never never get anywhere near the playoffs. Just there every year. Yeah. <laughs> so. You have not conquered the six town challenge this week, but thank you for playing. I shall find you a new <laughs> one for next week.
5: Thank I, I really actually quite like these, but yeah, that that was that was tricky. That was I, especially this time of night. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll take it. It's better than nothing.
4: Good luck to a safe journey to those travelling down to Ipswich on Saturday. And uh, yes, we will reconvene with next week. No midweek fixture. So, yes, we uh, will see you next Friday.
5: Yeah, well, thank you very much. Safe travels, everyone, and here's to another three points.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.